Hi friends, I'm Tierney and I'm Shelby and we're Dead Dead Drunk. Drunk. Howdy, partner. <laughs> I don't know. Howdy there, partner. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. Uh, All right. Up? Well, that set the tone. What are we? <laughs> what's up? What's going on? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just chilling, living the dream. How about you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> eh, yeah I'm yeah. alive. Hold on. Yep. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> Check my pulse. Yep. I'm good. I'm good. I'm still breathing. <laughs> That's all that matters. Just keep breathing and breathing and breathing. <laughs> that song cracks me up every time. It just. <laughs> just keep breathing and breathing and breathing and breathing. <laughs> yeah. What a bop, honestly. My thought right now was like, do you think that like there's a nurse that just walks around the coma ward with those in her ear? Breathing and breathing. And it's just like, just keep breathing and breathing. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope there's like karaoke at the nursing home and, and somebody karaoke at the nursing home and somebody gets up and goes, just keep breathing. <laughs> What's the movie that um there is karaoke at a nursing home and they sing, don't fear the reaper. I don't know. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's karaoke or it's just like somebody, I don't even know. I or like an acapella group goes in and sings Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah, no, there was something. Don't Fear the Reaper nursing home. I wonder if a video of the Girl Scouts singing Don't Fear the Reaper at a nursing home will be coming up. It's in a movie, I think. If you've if you've heard of the movie, if you've seen the movie and you know what I'm talking about. That's great call in please i can't <laughs> find it so please just tell us because i literally i don't even know maybe it's just a dream i had <laughs> i'm not even sure you should write that movie then that would probably be really funny <laughs> no it's definitely a thing all right anyway so today we are going to be talking about colin pitchfork as you can probably see from our title and this is a really important case that i didn't even actually know about until my ta told me about it cool and she, I guess, saw it on some show and I started researching it while I was sitting in my classroom <laughs> after my kids had left. I'm not researching murder <laughs> while my kids are there. It's like during my okay, lunch Okay, you break. guys color murder. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, that's not it. But it is the first ever case that DNA evidence was used to prosecute somebody. Ooh. And it's a great story. So for our drink, we are drinking... A, double helix daiquiri. And this is a really, I literally saw it on like a TED Talk video and then found this other, I was in this hole of strawberry DNA. I don't know. (laughs) And in the cocktail, you do a bunch of steps and then the strawberry DNA is like lifted and you can like take it out. It's very cool. So what you're going to do is you're going to, Freeze some strawberries, about two cups of them, and then you're going to let them defrost a little bit um, because that makes the strawberries a little mushy. 
and then you're going to put them into a Ziploc bag, seal it, and crush the strawberries with your fingers so it becomes more of a pulp. Don't use a blender because that will chop up the DNA. You need to like do it with your fingers and, and mush them. Then it says that you're supposed to heat and cool them. So you need to put them in a bowl of water that you had put in the microwave. So you don't really need to use a thermometer, but like hotter than bath water, but not hot enough to burn you. And you put it in there for about 10 minutes and then you put it in an ice bath for about 10 minutes. I don't really know exactly what this does, but something to the DNA. Um, How many then, times do you do that? Just, just once. once. Oh, okay. Yep. And then you strain the pulp out so it's more of a liquid. And then you pour it into the glass and then you layer Bacardi 151 on top of it. And because of the density of the liquids, the Bacardi 151 will lay on top. And then you need to let it sit for a couple minutes. And what is going to happen is the DNA from the strawberries is going to lift out of the puree at the bottom and it's going to float in the 151 and you'll be able to take out the DNA and extract it. And it kind of looks like a little snotty, <laughs> but you can you can get it out like this person in the make makezine.com article took it out with a little um, umbrella and you can eat it. You can I don't know. It, it's supposedly not delicious. Some people say it tastes like soap, but the <laughs> but the cocktail itself does taste good. So you take out the DNA, you get to like look at the strawberry DNA, and then you should mix the cocktail together because the the one fifty one will be laying on top. But That's so cool, it's like a cool little science project, and it goes with our DNA. Um, Ooh, our science thing. fair is coming up. Maybe if there are any moms <laughs> listening to us, you should do this. <laughs> Your kid comes to school with <laughs> with Bacardi 151. No, he just needs the DNA under a microscope. Oh, you okay. have the Bacardi 151. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, fine. So, are you ready for the case? Yeah, I guess. All right, drink up, dead drunkies. That yep. one went well. That went well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, all right. we just had to workshop it a few times. <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> all right, so. Linda Mann was a very normal 15-year-old girl living in Narborough, Leicestershire, England. <laughs> what a name. However, on November 21st, 1983, the abnormal would happen to her. Dun, dun, dun. Like many teens, Linda wanted some extra spending money, so she often would babysit children in the neighborhood to earn some extra cash. On this night, after her babysitting duties were over, Linda took a shortcut through the woods to get home unfortunately she would never make it there Aww. just never take a shortcut through the woods it's always a bad idea it's a horrible idea little red riding hood's grandmother got eight because she took a shortcut through the woods oh my god <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> so when linda did not return that night when she said she would her parents were understandably worried they started calling friends and family and they set out all night looking for linda the next morning, Linda's body was found on a deserted walking trail known as the Black Pad. She had been strangled and raped. Oh. A semen sample was recovered from her body, but at the time, all they could tell from the sample was that the man had type A blood and a very distinct enzyme profile that was unique to about 10% of the population. Oh. Besides this, though, detectives had nothing to go on. So although Linda's case was left open, it went cold. That still seems like some pretty good DNA evidence that they got. It's pretty specific. Yeah, they have. And yeah, and they have the semen. So yeah. if it was today, they would probably be able to find They'd pinpoint really that guy immediately. Yeah. 
So three years later, on July 31st of 1986, police noticed similarities in a new case. Dawn Ashworth, also 15 years old, went missing on the way to a friend's house. When her body was found two days later, there was an obvious tie to Linda's case. Not only had Dawn been strangled and raped, but her body was found on another discreet walking path. This one was called Ten Pound Lane. When semen samples were taken from Dawn's body, it revealed that the attacker had the same blood type as the man who killed Linda, further insinuating that the murders were connected. And the enzyme deficiency, probably. Yeah. Or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it a deficiency? Sorry, I already... Uh, it was an enzyme profile, so oh, I don't okay. know exactly what it was, but... That's cool. Yes. So the prime suspect, at least at first, was a 17-year-old boy named Richard Buckland. Buckland had some learning disabilities and had connections to Dawn. He knew her. When brought in for questioning, Buckland knew the location of Dawn's body as well as some other details that were not released to the public. So that obviously made police suspicious. Yeah. He also admitted to the crime. Oh, my gosh. But then he withdrew his admission. He did this several times saying he did it and then withdrawing like multiple times. Oh. Eventually, he was charged with the murder of Don Ashworth, and the next day he appeared in court. However, he would not admit to murdering Linda Mann. Police were convinced that the, both the crimes had been done by the same person, so because of this, the police believed that Richard Buckland was lying about all of it. However, he was still incarcerated based on the other circumstantial evidence. At this point, he was their only suspect. Yeah, but hes he clearly seems mentally incompetent. He doesn't understand what they're saying yeah what's going on right but the fact that he knew things that they didn't release I right guess, that's really was weird. suspicious enough for them to keep him in jail well i get that along with the admission like well yeah but I you guess. get false confessions all the time mm -hmm. but yeah so meanwhile about five miles north of where all of this was happening a man by the name of alec jeffries was breaking ground jeffries was a geneticist and at the time he was studying the way that inherited diseases passed down through generations According to The Guardian, which is a UK news source, Jeffrey's plan was to extract DNA from cells, attach it to film, like photographic film, and place it into a photodeveloping tank. When he took it out, he noticed a series of bars. Although it did not help him with the experiment he was trying to conduct, he did discover that this method can identify DNA with extreme accuracy and can even determine kinship. This was completely new and had never been done before. So Jeffries began assisting with cases to help prove citizenship of British children. And at some point during this time, Jeffries made the claim that he believed that this technique could be used in crime scene investigation. Most people laughed at this idea. However, the police in Norborough decided to take him at his word and see if he could be of help to their investigation. Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> so Jeffries worked to test the DNA at both scenes, as well as the DNA of Richard Buckland. And he was able to determine two things. The first being that the two girls were indeed raped and killed by the same man. The second being that Richard Buckland was not that man. Ooh. The police insisted that Jeffries retest the DNA to make sure, as DNA fingerprinting had never been used in a criminal case before. After three tests that came out identical, police were confident in Jeffries' findings, and Richard Buckland was set free. Although they had made some leeway, the police still had no suspects for who the actual killer was. And that is when detectives had an idea. Hi, friends. 
We have to interrupt our episode briefly to tell you about our new sponsor, Fruit of the Bean. If you're anything like us, then we know that you need something to get you moving in the morning after a long night of cocktails and true crime. Our go-to morning pick-me-up is coffee, and we get the most delicious fresh roasted coffee from fruitofthebean.com. If you're not really a fan of what my mom likes to call coffee-flavored coffee, that's okay because Fruit of the Bean has something for everyone. There's hazelnut coffee and French vanilla coffee for those coffee amateurs like myself that want some sweeter flavor to their morning cup of joe. They also offer organic Bali blue coffee, Kenyan coffee, which is the CEO's favorite, a breakfast blend, and even a decaf option for those of you that like the taste of delicious coffee without the jump of caffeine. You crazy people. Right after you place your order, the wonderful people at Fruit of the Bean get to work roasting it to perfection before carefully packaging it up and shipping it right to your door. That's right, it comes straight to your door and it is freshly roasted after you order. You don't even have to consider putting on real pants and going out to the store to get your coffee fix. Which reminds me, because they also have mugs and clothing for all you coffee addicts out there that want to extend your love of caffeine beyond the mug. My personal favorite is the shirt that says death before decaf because I can honestly say that I feel dead before my first cup of coffee in the morning. Coffee isn't their only passion though. Fruit of the Bean is a company that believes in giving back. 10% of their net income goes towards helping orphans and those affected by human trafficking. If you go order some coffee right now, you can use code DEAD, that's D-E-A-D, DEAD, at checkout to get a 25% discount on your order. So head on over to fruitofthebean.com, F-R-U-I-T-O-F-T-H-E-B-E-A-N.com. And don't forget to use our code DEAD, that's D-E-A-D, at checkout for that 25% discount. All right, now back to the show. Detectives decided they were going to ask every man born between 1953 and 1970 who lived or worked in the area in the years surrounding the crimes to provide a blood sample. Oh, my God. Yeah. Men would have multiple times that they were able to come in to provide it, and they had to have proof of their identity upon giving their sample. Mm -hmm. Police believed that this was how they would catch their guy. Obviously, they couldn't force everybody to give a sample. However, by the end of a month's time, 1,000 men in the area had volunteered and their samples had been collected. Oh, that's great. After eight months, over 5,000 samples had been collected. This is a really good community. Yeah. But there was still no DNA to match the crime scene, which makes sense because if you did it, you probably wouldn't willingly volunteer your DNA. In September of 1987, though, there was a break in the case. I'm excited. A woman came to the police station with a rather interesting story. She recalls a night back in August of that year of 1987 when she was out at the pub having a few pints with her mates. That was my attempt at sounding British. Did it work? (laughs) No. Do you want to try it again with an actual accent? Out at the pub having a few pints with her mates. (laughs) I feel like you wanted to go Irish. I didn't want to go Irish. I was right there. yikes okay (laughs) anyway while she was out the woman overheard a conversation that she just couldn't stop thinking about since it happened she heard a man talking about how another man that he worked with had bribed him to give a dna sample in his name the man admitted to going through with it saying that his co-worker had a pretty convincing pitch according to the guardian this man had already given a sample for a different friend of his who had an indecent exposure charge from a while ago He claimed that he was innocent, but he needed somebody to give a sample on his behalf so that he wouldn't be questioned. So basically, this guy 
gave a sample for a guy that had given a sample for somebody else. So it was like a chain of guys pretending to be a different guy. Yeah. So thankfully, the woman had overheard the name of the guy that was telling the story. And that name was Kelly. That ended up being his last name. And police were able to track down the man named Ian Kelly. And upon being brought in for questioning, he admitted everything. So by the end of that day, police had arrested Kelly for impersonating the man mm-hmm. and had also tracked down the man they had been looking for all along, Colin Pitchfork. Ooh. Upon bringing Pitchfork in for questioning, they asked him a simple question, why Don Ashworth? And immediately Pitchfork responds with, opportunity. She was there and I was there. Oh my God. That's horrifying. Yeah. Pitchfork then admitted to both murders as well as two other sexual assaults in the area. And he also admitted to, quote unquote, exposing himself to over 1,000 women since he was a teenager. Okay. That's a weird brag. Yeah. (laughs) Weird flex, but okay. (laughs) I mean, that's not what it it sounds like. I've exposed myself to over (laughs) a thousand women since I was a teen. That's like when Schaefer went, it's like a low number. It's like 80 or 100. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So they were then able to obtain a sample from Pitchfork, and it was a perfect match to the DNA from both crime scenes, confirming that he was their guy. In 1988, five years after his first murder, Pitchfork was sentenced to life in prison. Throughout his time in prison, Pitchfork has taken up sculpting and has had overall good behavior. There was a story I read about how a museum like bought his sculpture and put it on display and the victims of the crimes were like, whoa, what are you doing? And had it taken down and it was a whole thing. But wow. I didn't really include that too much. So in 2016, Pitchfork applied for parole, but it was denied. However, because of his quote unquote good behavior... He was moved to something called an open prison where he is now allowed to have unsupervised days out. I'm sorry, what? They will like let him out overnight for a night and then he'll come back. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he may be eligible for parole again this year in 2020. And many believe that he's allowed the days out because they're preparing for his full release. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like he's been spotted out in like Bristol or whatever in in England. And people are like, what is he doing? That's horrifying. That's crazy. That's Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So the families of the victims are obviously devastated at this idea because they believe he's still a threat to many women if he's released. And why would you let him out like for a night? Like let him out for 12 hours during the day. To go to work or something, I guess. But still, like don't let him out. He's a murderer. Oh, that's that's too and pedophile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rebecca Eastwood, who's Linda's sister, told Lester Live, "We are still living with the loss and consequences of what he did to Linda and Dawn, and still believe it is not safe to release this man." However, she's convinced that the judges have already made up their minds, and that it's only a matter of time before Colin Pitchfork is freed. It does seem like they have. Yeah, if they're letting him out for like days, like. overnight it seems like they're he's i would say he's probably a flight risk yeah i would i mean although i don't know how many times they've let him out and he's come back and maybe that was kind of their test i don't know like they let him out and the fact that he's coming back they're like oh yeah maybe we should really 
but it sounds it irresponsible? like the British prison system is a lot different from the American prison system. I guess system. so, but it just sounds irresponsible because like, it does. oh, let's try letting him out. Somebody might be killed. And then they're like, oh, well, I guess he's not ready, but that's still somebody's life. Yeah. I mean, somebody was let out on the bail reform and immediately murdered somebody. Yeah. So yeah. it's, <laughs> yeah. So we will link a petition in our show notes that Rebecca has started to keep this man in prison. It takes seconds to sign if you are interested in helping the families of the victims keep their peace of mind that this man is locked away. And it um, can work. Rodney yeah. Reed had a petition that stopped his execution. Exactly. Right? So this one's um, on change.org. I'm looking on it now. I signed it earlier today. And it has 20,564 signatures right now. Their goal is 25,000. And... Rebecca Eastwood, again, is the one who started the petition. She's Linda's sister. And the thing says, in 1983, Linda Mann, my sister, was brutally raped and murdered. In 1986, Don Ashworth was also brutally raped and murdered by the same man, Colin Pitchfork. The police said at the time that it was only that he'd gained a mistress between the two murders that he had not committed more murders. After he murdered Don, he went to abduct another girl, but she managed to escape. Had he killed her, he would have been classified as a serial killer, and we would not have to be taking these steps now. He would never have been considered for parole. Mm -hmm. When he murdered Linda, he had with him and left alone his one-year-old son in the car while he committed these atrocious crimes for his own depraved lust. Asked why he killed Linda, he replied, because she was there. He ultimately became the first person in the world to be convicted using DNA evidence. During the course of the investigation, he coerced and manipulated a work colleague into taking the DNA test for him as to avoid detection. He took his own passport and forged it to show the picture of his work colleague. In 1988, he received two life sentences for the girls murdered without the chance of parole until 2018. Five years ago, he unbelievably appealed in his original sentence of minimum 30 years as being, quote-unquote, unfair. The appeal hearing heard how he had an exceptional record in jail, never once being put on report, and also gained a, a degree. He appealed for a cut of five years in his sentence, which would have seen him eligible per, for parole immediately. Quite shockingly, the Court of Appeals listened to his case and decided the sentence was unfair, as well as taking his good behavior into account and cut a sentence by two years. So originally it was 2018. That's why his he was able to appeal in 2016. Oh, my God. He's currently in the process of applying for parole, which will be heard in September. If his parole is approved, he will be free within six months' time. If it is unsuccessful, they're going to recommend him for a cat prison, where he will be free to come home and go on a daily basis to work, which I'm pretty sure is what happened. This is from, I don't even know what word, or what year. Um, how do I tell? I have no idea. I don't know. That's insane, though. Yeah. So, so right now, he's in the less restrictive prison and he can leave at night or something or go home right he and can then come back but this year he could potentially be free right so okay. these are the thoughts that rebecca has said on this that the victims families have um he has spent all of his sentence on the vulnerable prisoners wing so he is not even socialized with people who have committed the lesser crimes never mind having access to the young girls he obviously doesn't have any access to right them, so they don't know how he would act um the degree speaks for itself really because what else are you going to do in a cell 24 7 mm -hmm. <laughs> that was her words 
he is cold and calculated as he has proved in the past with his manipulation of others. He will kill again. We have no doubt about that. If he is freed, he will get a new identity and could end up anywhere in the country, which I mean, yeah, she's obviously very certain. She's of this. right. It definitely could happen. Um, it says, please sign a petition and please, please, please share it to your contacts at any other place you think it might gain a bit of attention. So yeah, for sure. I signed sign. the petition today. It looks like people were commenting on it five years ago. So, Obviously, it's still an open petition, but this has been on here for a while and it hasn't really gained a lot of traction. It only has 20,000 signatures in the five years that it's been up. So, so get signed. Please go sign. I don't want this man out. So um, sign it and share it. Yeah, just do it. And then, you know, maybe he'll be able to stay in prison. I just feel so bad for the families of these victims. He was bragging about exposing himself to girls, a thousand different girls. Like, yeah. What about that makes you think that he, I mean, I don't, obviously I don't know him, but I also his say, reason was she was there. Yeah. So it wasn't the yeah. reason he hasn't done anything in all this time is she wasn't there. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I don't want to speak for every case, but I feel like a lot of the time sex offenders aren't rehabilitated. Right. Well, it's something that attracts them to right younger children it's not usually something they can control right i i mean i don't know i'm not a sex offender thank god i mean like your your sexual preferences are not something that you can control right so and which doesn't make it okay oh no it's definitely not okay but it's still it's harder to rehabilitate because it's something like wired in them i believe right um so i don't know i it was kind of a short story but I thought it was very interesting. It was like the first of its kind and it's paved the way for how we catch a lot of criminals today. Obviously, like the whole CODIS system and all that is started with this guy. So, yeah. And it's important for right now. Yeah. So sign the petition. There are other people that are going up for parole this year that are in America that we're like 100% sure are not going to get it. But but this guy... it. It kind of looks like they are going to grant it to him. So yeah. if there's anything we can do to keep this man in prison, to let these families have their peace of mind and their justice for the people that they lost, as well as keep other girls safe yeah, in England, um, just sign the petition. We'll see. You know what I mean? It takes two seconds. If it doesn't do anything, it doesn't do anything. But if it does, then, hey, we, you know, we tried. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> For our caboose today, because of the whole scientific aspect of this episode, I found a quiz on brainfall.com called, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader in Science? No. It's 12 questions. <laughs> I'm going to quiz Shelby to see how scientific her brain is. <laughs> it's not. I'm telling you right now. You can tell us what you know about science by emailing us at deaddrunkpod at gmail.com. Share your pictures of the DNA drink or your science project fails on Instagram at deaddrunkcrime or on Twitter at deaddrunkcrime. You can check out our Facebook page at deaddrunk, a true crime podcast. You can read all about Colin Pitchfork and previous cases at our website at deaddrunkpodcast.com. And you can also find links to our merch store, which is through Spreadshirt. Um, links to all our sources, so you could do a deep dive into the case yourself or find more DNA-themed drinks. I don't know what else could possibly be out there, but <laughs> share them with us. We always need more drinks on our menu. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and thank you again to our sponsor. Their website is listed in our show notes as well. Yes. Woo. All right. So question number one. Pollen is produced in which part of a flower? Ovary, pistil, petal, stamen, stem. Stamen. Stamen. <laughs> Does it say right? No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, the, oh, it's not going to tell me until the end. I don't think so. Oh, okay. The alpaca is a part of what animal family? Dogs, horses, camels, cats, spiders. Camels? I have no idea. <laughs> it's definitely not spiders. I hope not. I have no idea. The hippopotamus is indigenous to what continent? Asia, Africa, North America, Europe, South America. It's Africa, right? I, that would be my guess, but, uh, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> How many people were on board the Apollo 13? A what? Two, three, five, four, one. Three? Okay. <laughs> I... I don't know either. I just remember that Tom Hanks was in that movie, right? Like that was Oh, I've never seen it. Is it Apollo 13? Uh, I don't know. Which is not part of an animal cell? Cytoplasm, nucleus, endoplasmic reticulum, Golgi bodies, or chloroplasts? Chloroplasts. Those are in plants, I think. Yeah. I think you're right about that one. That one for sure. (laughs) The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. (laughs) You know the, the TikToker guy that's like... Yeah, you showed me that guy. Yeah, he you said that on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I did. The mitochondria <laughs> is the, the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shout out to Trey Bay 15 on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bony fish belongs to the animal class Amphibia, Cynodaria, Oestichthys, <laughs> Analyta, Chondric. <laughs> Pick pick the O one. The us. Da, 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 da. Oh, you don't. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I can't even pronounce these words. How could a fifth grader pronounce these words? They're smart. <laughs> the process by which plants use energy from the sunlight to make sugar is photosynthesis. Yeah. Photosynthesis. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Who discovered the cell? Hook, Mendeleev, Aristotle, Lewin, Hoyk, or Bohr? Hoffman. Um, <laughs> or Hopman. Uh, Men- Mandel, Men- Mandelbaum. That one. Mendeleev? <laughs> yeah, sure. Which reproduces asexually? Protists, spiders, earthworms, dolphins, birds. Don't, I don't know what a protist is, but don't earthworms? I don't know. No, Do pro- just pick protists because I don't know what they are. All right. The processes of creating and testing a hypothesis is called the, the scientific method. Good job. I hate science fairs. Scientology <laughs> was an option. <laughs> <laughs> Which gas is not found in Earth's atmosphere? Argon, neon, krypton, fluorine, or fluorine? I don't krypton. Know. Or krypton nitrogen. is Superman's planet. Okay. I don't know if it's an element as well, but <laughs> or a gas, but... I know Krypton is Superman's planet. <laughs> the bat belongs to the same class as the catfish, crocodile, bird, frog. I think the cat. Okay. Is that because they rhyme? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see how you did. Get result. Calculating result. Analyzing responses. 
You got 83% correct. You are a fourth grader. Woo! That's not what I'm <laughs> supposed to get. <laughs> I want to see what you got wrong. I want to know what the answers are. Yeah, yeah. What the hell? You're a fourth grader. So close yet so far away. You didn't quite make it, but you probably still did fairly well in science. After all, you did get pretty close, but it's that time. Admit it. You were not smarter than a fifth grader. That's what I said. See other results? What is the see other results? I don't know. What did it say? 83. Oh, I guess that I have no idea. Oh, oh um, you could just like click on it. That's weird that it doesn't give you the answers. Yeah. Um. So if you're a scientist out there and Janice. you, you <laughs> know what ones were wrong, please let us know. 83 is not that bad, Shelby. I thought you were going to do worse. 83 <laughs> should not be a fourth grader, but I guess they give you the grade, all the grades below for the percentages because obviously if you don't get 100 you're not smarter than a fifth grader so 83 is still in the top tier because it's fourth and then they probably go third second first yeah kindergartner <laughs> pre care <laughs> that's me um okay okay so janice if you know those answers please let me know what the correct answers were and which ones i got wrong i know i got photosynthesis right <laughs> i rocked plants mitochondria is a powerhouse of the cell <laughs> <laughs> okay Bye, Mom. Bye, Mom, Janice, everybody. <laughs>